Welcome back to Revival on the Air today. Well, hasn't it been some time since we've put an episode out? Now we've got a couple coming up for you shortly, which I think you'll really enjoy. They were both recorded down at Karakalinga Camp, and this one in particular is with Jane, who suffered a terrible affliction to the skin on her hands. It's quite a moving story, and I think you'll be amazed at the testimony of her miraculous healing. I hope you enjoy. Jane, welcome to Revival on the Air today. Thank you. So we're here at Easter Camp 2021, or Autumn Camp, as I've heard some people call it. Yep. Here at Karakalinga, mm-hmm. outside, so we can hear some birds. And Beautiful day, yes. It's a fantastic yep. day. It's a fantastic day. So you shared a testimony on stage a couple of nights ago about a miraculous healing of your hands, which yes. I'm really, really keen to talk about a little bit more. Where did it start? So if you go back to 2003, um, so at that point in time we had one child mm-hmm. and it was actually probably down here at camp that um, it became a little bit of an issue. Um, I used to love wearing my mum and dad's friendship ring, mm-hmm. which was just a nice little gold ring with some rubies in it and I used to wear it on my right hand, um, just on my ring finger. And I'd noticed it started to get a little bit itchy underneath um, that ring finger. So I... Yeah, had a little bit of a rash develop and I'd sort of stopped wearing it and um, it, it did sort of become a little bit of a problem and I, I remember speaking to someone down here who was um, a doctor and just showing it to him and he said, oh, yeah, it's a bit nasty. gave me some cream that he recommended from a pharmacy. So um, I got hold of that cream and, uh, yeah, it, was, it worked really well, cleared it all up, you know, no problems at all. So that was sort of an indication that maybe I had a little bit of skin that could get irritated. But apart from that, never, ever had an issue with, with any sort of dermatitis, eczema, nothing like that. And it disappeared and, and never saw it again for probably 10 years. Okay. So, what happened 10 years later? So fast forward 10 years, um, by that stage we've got four children. <laughs> That's too many. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you, should never, you should never let the children outnumber the no, parents. Now that, now that they're teenagers, yeah, it's like I, can, I can see that. I'm a bit slow in learning. But anyway, yeah, so four children then and we had also started up our own business probably um, a year prior to that. So life was busy yeah. um, and it was probably at its peak of busyness as well. But, again, wearing that same uh, ring, the dermatitis started on that hand again. And and that was okay. I knew how to manage it. I thought that's fine. I'll get some of that cream. And um, so I did that. But it didn't have the same effect. So I was using it quite a lot um, because I'd noticed it not only was it under my on my finger under that ring, it had started to spread up up that finger and gradually was just spreading more and more. And it was the type of thing where it was any sort of standard dermatitis, but it had become blistery and very aggravated and angry. One thing that I did have was that my hands were just always really, really hot. And Before this happened? like No, so this, this sort of came when, when the condition came back on my hands. It was something that I was noticing is that my hands were always hot and I just, it didn't matter. You sort of think, oh, well, just put them under some cold water just do something to cool them down. But there wasn't, it was, and even now I sort of describe it, it's an internal heat that you can feel. Sometimes you wouldn't touch it and it was hot, but it was a real burning from the inside. That's yeah. probably the best way I can describe it. Yeah. So, yeah, it it was always really hot and I did notice that that was really driving um, this condition. So it made it itch like crazy and you'd itch it, scratch it, it'd weep, crack yeah. And then it was just a continual cycle. And unfortunate part was is that that was on one hand. 
somehow or another it started appearing on my other hand too. So I ended up with two hands completely covered in it. Um, and, you know, people say, you know, don't scratch it, don't itch it. I say to someone, if, if you need to cough and you've got that tickle in your throat, try not to cough and it makes you want to cough more yeah. and the more you hold it in then you have an explosion yeah you just the other thing was is when you did itch it it would just give you that sense of oh that feels better you know so it was a really hard thing to fight but the cycle continued yeah. so as a result it never really that heat was always there and I feel like that was the real underlying thing that I just couldn't get rid of so I started the process of I'd go to a doctor and um, say oh, look this is the condition and oh yeah you poor thing yep this that and the other I was given cortisone creams, which if you've had any experience with, um, I didn't find it very effective, but it was a real oily cortisone yeah. cream. So once you put it on your hands, you couldn't touch anything or do anything and it would take hours to soak in. So yeah. It, it, it wasn't very effective and it didn't do anything for the heat. It was purely just to manage the what was happening with my hands. Yeah. So, you know, I was using a bit of that. Um, probably at its peak, I could go through one of those one-litre sorbeline tubs in about five days wow. because of when I did let them dry, I actually used to come down to camp and I used to bottle the salt water from the sea because um, I would, in meetings, I would sit with my hands in tubs of water because that actually gave me a great sense of relief, the salt. So you just carry a tub of water around with I'd, you? I'd sit around and just, Immerse your you know, hands in it. Yep, absolutely. Because whilst they were in there, if I could live with my hands in water, that's what I would have done because yeah. that was the only time, because obviously the water was cold, had the salt, so it yeah. was a, a beautiful feeling. But the problem was take your hands out, your hands are dry. So that's yeah. great, no worries. They dry, but then because it had happened so many times, the moment I start moving my fingers, it would crack. The skin was cracking, yeah. bleeding. So um, I was getting staph infections all the time. Yeah. So, again, I was being put on antibiotics for that. But by the end of that, I'd been on probably four or five courses of that and then I'd become immune to it. So it wasn't working anymore. Other suggestions from the doctors, wrap your hands in, put the cortisone cream on, completely cake it on your hands, wrap them in bandages to sleep yep. um, because I was having a problem where my hands were sticking to the pillows overnight. Um, of course, take them off again and the skin would crack again and the bleeding would start again. So, yeah, so I would do that. I did that one night. But the problem was is that my hands were absorbing anything so fast that the one time that I did wrap the bandages on, I woke up and, because it was the bandages were all stuck. So then that just ripped all my skin off. So um, I praise the Lord that I didn't didn't lose my nails, but um, I very much got lots of waves in my nails as they were growing out and they, it wasn't very nice. Um, and so you had, how old were your kids at this stage? So Aaron would have been, yeah, so he was two to three. Uh, so Ryan, yeah, Ryan definitely was around the five-year mark because there was an incident that happened. So that means Zoe was nine and Ethan was 11. Yeah. So how did it impact your day-to-day -day life? Every morning usually started with tears yeah. um, because the pain was excruciating. Yeah. Like, um, so that was, mornings were really hard. Mornings were definitely the hardest. Yeah. Um, as you went on through the day, you know, it got a little bit easier, but it was coming up with ways I could do anything without touching too much. So, you know, even things like what are you going to cook for tea, you know, so it would be like, right, well, what can I get out that I don't have to touch too much, you know, that I can tip straight into the pan with a spoon and not actually handle it because... And not have to wash stuff under water and those... But the problem is any time you're touching things, you need, to, you need to make sure your hands are clean. Mm. So you'd have to wash them. I have to use soap. Mm. Soap was my worst nightmare. Just that was, yeah, anything to touch soap. But, of course, you do have to do that, you know. So... Um, 
without probably realising at the time, every thought was, what can I do so I don't have to wash my hands or touch anything? So, you know, you'd have people say, you need to wear gloves. Get gloves, cotton line them. Yeah. I realised that was also driving it because I do sweat quite a bit with my hands yeah. and then the sweat would cause the irritation, which would cause the heat. So I tried I tried diets because I thought maybe, maybe there's something particular that I'm eating. If I cut yeah. out this certain food group, it was good, I lost weight, that was great, but it didn't. <laughs> Didn't do anything. Um, we actually took our first family holiday up to the Gold Coast at that time. So we were still living life and I was trying not to dwell on it too much, but I was saying to somebody else that it's very, very hard when when you're in pain all the time yeah. to think about anything else. And how you know? bad's the pain? Because, you know, I you know, know what it's like to get a paper cut or a cut with a splinter. Or, yeah. yeah, I think I'm probably a little bit of a visual person too, so... Don't look at it. It's maybe not so bad, but when you can see it, and I think what came with that was the embarrassment. Mm. Um, I was so embarrassed and you'd meet someone new, they'd stick their hand out to shake it and I would pull back. Um, I would hold my hands behind my back all the time. I always said to people, I don't know. And see, even when I was going through it, I didn't talk about it to people because I was just, because everybody, oh, let me see. And I was, I was horrified. Like Mm. I, I knew it wasn't my fault, but I, always say that I don't know what leprosy looked like in the Bible but I felt like a leper I felt unclean and I just didn't want to touch anyone or anything because I just felt like I could give it to them and um it it was I was just so embarrassed it was so and what were you doing through this time I assume you were praying about it I'd been I'd been praying about it you know as as you do you pray every day and always talking to the Lord about it and um people closest to me did know about it and of course were praying for me as well I sort of felt I was in survival mode a bit. You yeah. pray about it, but you sort of have to, you just got things you got to, you can't complain about it, just get on with it. Yeah. And particularly because it wasn't getting better, it was getting worse. So, I, and that's, I guess, where it gets you to your wits end where you're just like, what am I supposed to do now? But you sort of go through, um, that was the other thing I did. So in February I did, um, so it was one of those really, really hot summers and I did go to see a specialist. Yeah. And I only thought about this the other day, but sitting in this room, and I reckon the average age was 70 because everybody was there with skin conditions. Yeah. But there I was as a 30-something sitting there and I felt terrible because they probably were thinking, what's she doing here? She doesn't belong here. But then if anybody got a slight peek at my hands, they'd be like, ooh, okay, yeah. let's see why. So that was something. But, you know, very, very lovely specialist and took one look, told me what it was. It was a genetic skin disorder called Pomphalox said that I would have had it from birth and it's just taken this time to come out. No cure. His words to me were, yep, it'll never go away. You just have to learn how to manage it. And then I think that particular day I went there, it was 38 degrees. And he looked at me and he said, your life's going to be held through summer. What did you think when he said that? I think I had to hold myself from saying, yeah, well, thank you very much. You've been a great help. Yeah. Um, I wasn't wasn't very happy with that, but he was being honest. Yeah. And, and he could see, and I think I had to take, because I think I had two of the kids with me and I told him that I had four children. And so he knew my life, a little bit of my life circumstance mm. and knew that it wasn't going to be a great time for me. So the only thing he could offer me from that appointment was he said, we can put you on a five-day steroid treatment. He said, this is a one pill a day and it can never be any more than five days because he said it has been known to cause organ damage, make you bleed. The, the I, Once he went through it, I just said, he gave me a prescription and I walked out and thought, there is no way, no way, it's not worth the risk. But when you continue on, 
got to the march, nothing better. This that specialist didn't even try to prescribe me any more creams. There, there literally was nothing. Yeah. Obviously, avoid contact with soaps or just all your basic things. Yeah. Any anyone who's had a child or themselves with any sort of skin condition, you know what to do. But there was no other, apart from this steroid treatment, there was no other way. I mean, you're getting lots of suggestions from everybody around you? I think I really withdrew. Yeah. Um, I didn't play piano or anything then, so it's not like I was in a position where I was doing lots of things around the place and I, I feel like I just withdrew because I just, like I said, I felt I was just shame. I, I just, yeah, I felt terrible. So, yeah, so not a very happy time. But And how long did this go on for? So by the time the February, it had probably been going about six or seven months yeah. and... By seven months, it was really bad. It was, yeah, it was really, yeah, aggressive. And, of course, if the temperature was outside, was hot, that would make it worse. But at the same time, it could be the middle of winter, so coming up to that winter, it was no better because it was cold. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't like there was anything that you can go, if I just do this, I'll get some relief. Yeah. That heat that was driving it from the inside, until that went away, there was just no real, yeah. you know, no real healing process that could start. So sure enough, it came to the march and I couldn't handle it anymore and I thought, I've got to give this treatment a go. I just, so I had the prescription and I went and got that developed. So, and again, camp seems to tie into the story quite a bit because... I'd taken it about a week before. I think we had a zone camp or something on. Took a week because I took it and I thought, oh, what's the big deal with this? No change whatsoever. But after a week, the heat started to go in my hands and I thought, oh, wow. And it's just instantly I started to feel like a normal person. I think I hadn't, because it had been such a long, drawn-out process, you forget how much it changes you along the way. And then this feeling of this heat going and my hands started to heal a little bit and I thought, Wow, it's worked. Great. Fantastic. So I think I had a two-week period where it was just I felt like a human being again. So it was really great. Then after that two weeks, of course, the course had stopped and finished taking it. It came back and it came back probably five times worse really? than what it was prior to that treatment. So we're in sort of April yeah. by now. So, uh, yeah, that was hard to take because I felt like I'd had a taste of normality yeah. and it was taken from me again and I just thought, Lord, what, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know, well, I don't want to rely on science as the answer but I'm just at a point. You know, so by this time I, I couldn't tie shoelaces and as a mum with a really young child, you know, you teach your kids to do that sort of thing but a one-year-old can't be expected to do yeah. that. So the older kids were helping out and Chris, my husband, was obviously, you know, doing whatever he could but... Life went on and, you know. Because there was no future course of that prescription. No. That was a, was a one-time deal only. And I, I suppose that's a hard thing to deal with, mm. that there is nothing on offer. Yeah. And um, I can't say that I had this overwhelming feeling that the Lord's just going to heal me and I'll be fine. It wasn't, I really was in a survival mode yeah. of just, you know, day by day. But time ticked on and I feel it was just before um, I think Ryan was in year one at school. So he was, you know, a little six-year-old. And yep. um, I, this one particular morning um, I was walking him into school and I just went to hold his hand. And he just looked up at me and just said, I don't like your hands, Mum. And, uh, yeah, that was, um, sorry, something that doesn't leave you, you know. So I think it was at that point... I knew other people knew it and, and the kids were really good because, um, you know, they'd be like, oh, no, Mum, don't you do that because that will hurt your hands. You know, they'd become adapted to it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a real 
that was a real blow, that one, because it was sort of right in my face then, you know, and, um, yeah, so that was a difficult one. And, of course, poor little Ryan, you know, don't hold that against him. He was just speaking just as he felt, no. you know. And, and, I, and in all honesty, I don't blame him because they were awful. They were awful to look at. And, um, yeah, he was probably thinking the same sort of thing. I don't want to catch it, you know. So, um, anyway, it, it probably wasn't too long. I mean, we're probably at, at the August by now. And uh, I just, I don't know what it was. Like I said, every morning started with tears because I was just in a lot of pain. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but every night I'd sleep with my hands on ice bricks because I was just, just anything that could give a sense of coolness um, was just what I was looking for. So it just, I remember getting up one morning and just thinking, right, Lord, I'm going to have a good talk with you tonight because I can't do it anymore. I don't know what I was going to do, but, you know. So that night, I knew it was a night, I think, the kids were in bed, no one was around. And um, I was just in, in my bedroom on my knees and, um, yeah, I just really, really called out to the Lord and probably yelled out to the Lord and just I didn't want to whinge because I felt like I'd been whinging for a long time about it. But I just said to the Lord, and someone said to me a long time ago, we, we pray in the spirit, we speak in tongues and we pray all the time, but it also actually is important to verbally, in English, so that you understand what you're saying, talk to the Lord and tell him what it is that you need. And I knew the scriptures said that anyway, but I just generally tend just to pray in tongues as your mind's thinking about things. Um, but no, I really just said to the Lord, um, I just, I can't do this anymore. You promised that you would not give me any more than I could bear and I cannot take any more. And I just prayed and prayed and prayed, probably for just half an hour, just really cried, prayed, cried, prayed. And I made a decision at the end of that prayer, that was it. I wasn't going to pray about it anymore because it was, it almost become a bit traumatic by then because nothing was happening. So um, I just made the decision that others were still praying for me and that was fine, but I just didn't, I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I wanted to move on with my life. So um, next morning, woke up, exactly the same thing, tears, it was hurting, it was sore, I was bleeding but just did what I had to do to get through each and every day. So um, it just became a day-by-day, minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour thing. Just get through it, get to the end of the day, go to bed, start again. So, And that's just the attitude I adopted. And it, doesn't, it wasn't easy, but for some reason that's just, I, I felt, I guess it was my way of handing it over. Because so you tried everything, haven't you? Every I felt possible... I tried. And I, I think I am someone when someone gives a suggestion, I don't do everything they say, but I will give it a go. And I think when you're at your wit's end, you will, you will try anything. So apple cider vinegar and double strength and soak it in this and half this and half that. So, yeah, tried everything. So it was pretty well three weeks to the day after that prayer. I woke up in the morning and I just remember sort of laying there and thinking something feels different and I looked at my hands and they they still were awful but the heat was gone it was just and it'd been it'd been probably a good six months maybe by then since I'd had that steroid course which took it away so it'd been so long since I'd had that feeling of just normality in my hands and um I thought all right well I won't won't get too carried away let's just go on with my day you know but by the next morning I woke up and I just knew I'd been completely healed. It was just, I don't think you could wipe the smile off my face. It, my hands still looked terrible, but they did take a good week to, to actually heal because the cracking and the bleeding, just 
you know, like anything, things take time to get better. And um, But after a week, my hands were pretty well completely new. And uh, like I said, that, that heat feeling that was driving it, it just, it was gone. And why then, why there, I don't know. But I'd made a decision and I, I think that was part of my prayer to the Lord is that you do this for me and I'll be telling everybody you know because I guess when something impacts your life so badly I just and I I guess it was sort of part of me that just because I'd made that decision just day by day day but I just almost didn't feel like it was ever going to change and I just this was my burden to bear you know and yeah so that that morning I woke up and just praise the Lord like I just I was so happy I just yeah and it took a while with the kids because they were so used to going no mum don't you touch that don't you do that and I was able to do everything you know yeah I just like I said it was just literally an overnight thing and just praise the Lord for that I mean I mean looking at your hands now there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever no it's never never come back I had a, a time when a little bit started to come back and this fear overcame me for some reason it took me straight back to where I was at that time thinking I'm going to have this it's going to come back and it was a real fear that came over me but it was a prayer and fast and I remember just going out and having some prayer with one of the brothers and just saying to him I know the Lord healed me I know there's nothing to be frightened of but it was just human nature I suppose kicked in that it took me right back and and it was just a simple prayer I just wanted the fear gone I didn't I didn't care what happened with my hands I just wanted the fear gone Mm. and I got that victory right there in that prayer line and it was just like what on earth are you worrying about (laughs) who cares what what actually happens because it's whatever it is it's a testimony to the Lord and it's funny because now I actually can be somewhere and bang my hands will that heat will, will return and my hands will swell and they'll go bright red, but there's never any dermatitis. Mm. And five minutes later, it's gone. Yeah. So I feel like I've still got that condition. But praise the Lord, it's never, ever come back, you know. And um, it's just quite funny. And that's something I will take photos of is I'll be quick, get the phone, look at my hands. They're bright red. And then a couple of minutes later, they're normal, you know. So it's just incredible that... Uh, what a great reminder of the amazing testimony. And I'm actually sort of grateful for that because... I always try to remember to thank the Lord every day, no matter what else is going on in life, thank the Lord what he's already given me because it's so important. And I, like I said, I don't mind that reminder because it, it doesn't affect me in any way. I can deal with life with hot hands, but I do like the fact of just going, that's right, mm-hmm. that's what the Lord did for me. And it didn't matter to anybody else but me. Isn't it interesting that the miracles often come when we get to the end of our rope? when we get to that point because up until that point there's often maybe a minor hope in the natural remedies of the world isn't yeah. there because we try all these things and it doesn't Definitely. matter whether it's a healing like this or yeah. a work situation or, or whatever else we try mm-hmm. lots of things along the way yeah. but it's when we've got to the end of the rope and we've tried everything yeah. and, and I, we truly hand it over and I do feel that the amount you I learned from that and I'm sure others around me as well, mm. and that you take that with you. And I remember we went up to Darwin and, you know, it was another holiday that we had and just to share that testimony and because it was such a fresh healing, such a fresh thing, you yeah. know, that was a big thing I carried with me actually was that because I had four children, I had this big thing. I would hated going to the shops with my kids and not wearing my wedding rings. I felt it was a real, I was a born-again Christian. I'm a married woman with four children because I... You'd have people say, oh, what, all to the one father? (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that actually does still happen, you know. It's a bit awkward. This is a person you don't know, you really? know. Oh, yeah, some of the things that people would say. And so for me, it was probably because of something like that. I had a real, I just, I felt, you know, I am married, you know. Um, and when this started, I, I could not wear rings. My hands were so yeah. swollen all the time. And wearing a ring would, would cause it to get worse anyway. Yeah. So another something that's just come to mind is that after I had the healing, of course, I was wearing my rings and I was so happy and I dropped Aaron, our youngest, off to childcare and um, I, he was in there behind the fence and I just waved to him and my hands had shrunk so much that these rings I hadn't worn flung off <laughs> my fingers into the car park and I was just like, wow, I couldn't find them and these were my eternity rings that I'd had on. And um, obviously that was another reason to start praying, but praise the Lord, the staff actually found the ring at the end of the day. They'd found them in the oh, car nice. park, you know. Yeah. But I just thought, again, it was just one of those things. That has, was how much the Lord had delivered. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, to wear the rings again was just, you know, it, was, it made me proud, you know. Mm. And like I said, it was a big thing not to have a wedding ring on when you've got your kids with you, you know. Yeah. So, and again, that was all me. That wasn't, no one else knew that sort yeah. of thing. But, you know, such a personal thing that... You know, as big as God is and he's created absolutely everything, but he still cares about me. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, very, very powerful. So something that never, ever, never will leave you, never gets old, you know. So, And you just know, you know, talking with brothers and sisters down here, that whatever you're going through, there will be someone in the future who will either go through a similar thing or same thing and it will be what they need to hear. Mm, Exactly. And it's the whole purpose, isn't it? Thank you so much for sharing. That was wonderful. What a great testimony of the Lord's power. You're welcome. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that amazing? Thank you, Jane, so much for sharing your story and the miraculous things that God did for you along the way. If you want to know more about how God can heal you or how he can change your life, then go to www.revivalontheairtoday.com or send us an email, podcast at revivalontheairtoday.com. Until next time, God bless. God bless.